What we're dealing with here is a total lack of respect for the law. Tune in to Done By Law. An informal and irreverent look at the law. Critical insights and analysis from diverse community perspectives. Done by law, 6pm Tuesdays. Uh, good evening to all our 3CR listeners. You're listening to Indian Jeremy from Done by Law. It's the 18th of the first 2022 and this is our first show back. Just a reminder, you can listen to us at Done By Law on 3CR on 855 AM or online or where you get your podcasts from. I'd like to start by acknowledging the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation as the uh, traditional and rightful custodians of the land that we're broadcasting from today. We pay our respects to elders and acknowledge that this land was it was stolen and never ceded, so always was and always will be Aboriginal land. How are you, Jeremy? I'm good, thanks. Indeed, it's good to be back. Today, we've got some guests to speak to us about Australia's refugee policies. Indy will introduce you to our guests right after this community service announcement. Hey, you mob. It's time to get back to the community. So get your proof of vaccination ready. Get started by creating a MyGov account if you don't already have one and linking your Medicare number. Then add your COVID-19 digital certificate to the Service Victoria app. Now you're ready to go. Your COVID-19 digital certificate is your ticket. Let's show it with kindness to the businesses we visit and the Victorians who run them. Visit coronavirus.vic.gov.au forward slash vaxproof. Authorised by the Victorian Government, Melbourne. A 3CR supporter. Welcome back. You're listening to Done By Law on 3CR. Indy, can you tell us a little bit about our guest tonight? We're talking with Adnan Chapani, and Adnan lives in Park Hotel. He's an Iranian refugee um, who faced persecution in Iran, and he came to Australia by boat when he was about 15 years old and was detained on Nauru before he was transferred to Australia under the Medivac scheme. So he spent over eight years of his life being detained arbitrarily without reason in Australia. And we're also speaking to Chris. Chris is a long-term activist with the Refugee Action Collective. He's a science and maths teacher and an Australian Education Union sub-branch president at his school. And Chris will be talking about some of the really fantastic and important work by the Refugee Action Collective. So um, let's get into it. Thank you for joining us, Chris and Adnan. If we could just start out, Adnan, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, a bit about your history, your background and, and your experiences? My name is Adnan Chupane. I come from Iran and seeking asylum to Australia when I was 15 by myself alone. And unfortunately, I've been detained since, since then until now when I turned 24. I've been detained all these years, I didn't have any opportunity to to work free even for a day. Yeah. Where are you currently at the moment? Well, currently I'm in a park hotel in Melbourne, and I've been I've been detained also almost three years in in just uh, in mainland, and the rest I've been detained on on Nauru on offshore processing center. 
What can you say about the conditions at the moment, about where you're staying now and maybe even where you were before? Well, uh, it's, it's really horrific. We, we don't have even uh, to our basic rights in detention centres. For example, they don't call us by our names. They, they call us detainee all the time. And uh, we've just been locked up in, in, in a hotel in the middle of the city. Yeah. That's really harrowing, Adnan. I've been following what's been happening in Park Hotel, particularly over the past two years during the COVID-19 pandemic. How are you uh, and your friends in the Park Hotel, how are you going with with COVID and the experiences in the past nine years? Well, uh, to be honest, it's a really tough time. What we've been through, it's really damaged our mental health and our physical health. And our immune system has become uh, really weak. And uh, unfortunately, we had an outbreak of Delta variant on October last year. And uh, it, was a, it was a really horrific time. And now we are facing uh, another, another outbreak. And we are sure it's gonna it's gonna have uh, another a Macron uh, outbreak in the next coming month or in the next coming weeks, and uh, it's gonna it's gonna be a rough again. And it's it's really give us it's uh, giving us another stress. It's double up our stress, I think. And are you being provided with psychological or counselling support? How's your access to um, PPE and and medical support? given the experiences that you're that you've just talked about well uh, to be honest uh, we we have a we have a, a medical uh, a medical team uh, which uh, called IHMS and uh, this uh, this organization it's a it's a heart of the system which is caused death which is caused uh, abuse uh, of uh, of medical because it's uh, it's not an independent organization it's working side by side by the by the immigration department and uh, and uh, and the service they provide it uh, it's a limit and sometimes even uh, they don't uh, provide the service and uh, if i want to talk about myself I've been uh, stopped seeing them almost almost two years now because uh, they just uh, they just uh, like uh, serious. If I want to put it uh, so simple, they just racist people and they don't they don't care at all. I'm really sorry to hear that. That sounds like it's um it's already a difficult situation, and you've got you know some kind of I guess superficial help that um, really isn't from what you've said, uh, not that helpful at all. I guess on the other side of it as well is that um, obviously there's a lot of activism work um, outside of uh, the detention centre as well and outside of the the Park Hotel itself. Um, Adnan, can you speak to any advocacy work? Well, uh, to be honest, in this all, uh, all nine years, we've been continuing to do our peaceful protests every day and we're trying to to raise our voice to the to the outside world but uh, unfortunately the attention we get uh, it's really 
it's very light uh but uh with Djokovic uh situation the the situation is a bit get highlighted and we get a little bit more attention which is uh heartbreaking unfortunately yeah and then I was going to ask how you and your friends in Park Hotel are coping watching all the focus on one person's experience when this has been going on for so many years yeah well uh well uh it's uh it's really it's really unfair and uh, sad but uh but uh we're still we're still grateful that uh the the our story it's been highlighted but uh it's it's been a, it's been a sad the media and uh, they should have covered a long time ago about our situation and they should have coverage yeah because uh, what we've been through uh i don't think so no one in the world no one in the world have been through i mean in the country that signed the refugee conviction uh, uh agreement and uh, and the refugee conviction law because it's been almost nine years there is no country who detained a genuine refugee which determined as a genuine refugee for all these uh, long years i guess it's the uncertainty um that's always very worrying for someone for anyone in any situation in terms of yourself and perhaps some of your friends as well is there any certainty whatsoever about what's going to happen to you well uh it's a it's an indefinite uh, is an indefinite uh, detention and everything everything uh is up to the is up to the minister they uh, they detain us for no reason almost nine years so they easily can keep us in detention for for another nine years or maybe for rest of our life like they saying it's so probably you've been detained indefinitely so we don't know seriously there is no certainty yeah i'd like to um jump off that i think that you know under international law in particular detaining people who are seeking asylum for nine years without reason well it's arbitrary imprisonment and um we know that international law requires this idea of proportionality and a reason for detention and who can say that there, that there is any reason for what's happening um in our uh, you know so-called offshore processing centers or in land prisons that we have here i'd like to go to you chris if i could for people that are listening in that know that australia's immigration system is pretty stuffed but might not know how or in what ways it's it's not working and it's inhumane can you talk a little bit about some of the issues with australia's immigration system you know including things like what adnan was saying around the ministerial discretion issue and the indefinite detention issues that we have uh, sure i mean I, I might start with what has been done is being done to adnan himself which is it's torture um, he came here as a uh, unaccompanied minor when he was uh, 15. He spent more than a third 
of his life in detention. He's had his youth stolen. He should be studying, working. None of that has happened. And it's arbitrary as well. Uh, you might remember the children and families came off Nauru in response to campaigning in 2018. Uh, Adnan wasn't part of that because he'd turned 18 at that point and he was kept on. Um, he is, he's been detained for uh, nine years. There's probably 60 Medivac refugees around Australia in the same situation. Uh, over half of the Medivac refugees here who came here under legislation, who were brought uh, here for medical treatment, they often haven't received. Um, and, you know, they can't get better in detention, particularly for mental health issues, uh, you know, when they're still indefinitely in detention. Um, and those who've been released were never given a reason. There's never been a reason as to why Adnan's any different, why he is still inside. I mean, there is no reason that he couldn't be released, uh, couldn't be released now. Uh, there's no rule keeping the refugees uh, held in detention. It's at the whim of government. They do have enormous, you know, godlike powers, as Liberty Victoria has called them, as a former immigration minister has referred to them as. Um, essentially, the Medivac refugees were first told they'd be released when they came to Australia. Uh, then the rules were changed. Uh, Morrison decided he wanted to try and repeal the Medivac re the legislation, and it suited him to have people inside to make it look like there was something wrong with these people when, you know, <laughs> their refugees have committed no uh, crime. And so the government refused to issue them visas, making them technically unlawful, and that's what keeps them inside. Uh, uh, but... It, it is just a small part of what is wrong with Australia's um, detention and refugee policies, which come as, I guess, a sort of suite of uh, deterrence measures. Uh, so even those Medivac refugees who have been uh, released or the children and families off Nauru, uh, just released on six months deport, de departure pending uh, visas. Uh, so that means they can't reestablish uh, their lives. Those visas are worse even than uh, temporary protection visas. They get no access to uh, welfare at all. So, you know, after being locked up for eight years, uh, not denied an ability to, to study or work or gain skills, they're, they're on their own. Um, and so that's an appalling situation. Then there are tens of thousands of people in Australia on temporary visas still unable to reestablish their lives. It makes it hard to get work. They can't get family reunion. Um, you know, people come as, as part of families. They don't just, you know, pop up as um, individuals. Uh, there's Australia's uh, boat turnbacks, which continue to happen. Uh, there's uh, still around 200 refugees uh, left offshore on Papua New Guinea and Nauru. Uh, the ones on Papua New Guinea have recently been abandoned. Uh, they've been told they will be left there with zero support and zero uh, chance of resettlement, or they can move to Nauru, and that's the choice being given to them. Uh, similarly, there are about 14,000 uh, refugees who are kept in limbo in Indonesia by Australia's policies. Uh, Tony Abbott, 2014, had a ban on any of them coming to Australia. Um, and so they're stuck in a similar position. They can't open bank accounts. They can't get healthcare. They can't often send their kids to school. Um, it's, it's hard to know where the cruelty stops. Um, and there is so much arbitrary uh, to it. Um, I mean, if, if the, the Djokovic saga has highlighted anything, it's that. Um, the, the, when it looked like the High Court was going to 
limit Australia's ability to hold refugees. The government went and changed the law, uh, pushing an act through uh, Parliament. They're uh, now, the High Court found in the government's favour anyway, they're able to hold refugees indefinitely. There are refugees who are held on uh, character grounds um, indefinitely. And that can be for small things. I mean, I don't know if people saw the uh, breakout from Western Australia uh, of refugees. Uh, some of them have been charged with property damage and under the Character Act, they now face indefinite detention. Um, <laughs> that's just a little bit of it. Yeah, that is um, uh, it, it, the idea that they can have this sort of like arbitrary view also on a character assessment, like what does that mean? And if it, if you can be held indefinitely for... Uh, an alleged, you know, an alleged crime like property damage. It just goes to all this, um, all these other issues as well, which is uh, quite horrific. Chris, can you talk a little bit about um, your work or the work with um, Refugee Action Collective? Uh, how long it's been around? What are some of the demands, or what are some of the things that you really want to see in terms of re- reform? Um. So the Refugee Action Collective was formed in uh, 2000 uh, in response to the uh, Tampa crisis. Actually, one of the the founders of uh, RAC, Peter Farrago, recently celebrated his 90th birthday and he's still involved and he still gets out and does stalls. Uh, he was a refugee from Hungary himself and helped smuggle other refugees out. It's a, um, I got involved in RAC around about 2010. Uh, so I've been involved all of that time. Um, our, our main aim is to try and change government uh, policy. Uh, so we want to end refugee deterrence. We think that no refugee needs to be locked up. We think that everybody can be processed in the community, you know, as, as use, used to happen. So we want to end mandatory detention. We want to end offshore processing. Uh, we want to end boat turnbacks. Uh, we want to end uh, we want temporary visas and we want permanent visas. Um, and to that end, we organise uh, protests um, particularly when the, the major parties agree on so much. It's one way of getting a voice into the media and, you know, helping to get out voices of, of people like Adnan. You know, we are in, in the, the entire refugee movement exists in solidarity with the struggles of refugees inside and because of those um, struggles. Uh, we do other things. We put on forums uh, to go over the politics. We, we make uh, fact sheets. Uh, we've made a particular effort to get uh, unions involved because of the, you know, potential um, power that they have. And that's that's been particularly effective at times, like around the, the Lady Salento blockade and the Let Them Stay campaign for Baby Asher when the unions helped blockade the, the hospital. Uh, as a, a teacher, um, Teachers for Refugees helped organise a, a walkout of teachers around the, the Kids Off All Off campaign. Uh, so I guess that is um, some of the work that uh, RAP does. Um, and obviously we make an, an effort just to let people know what is going on, to try and get voices out like Adnan or whether that was sending, you know, phones to Manus Island to, to get the, the stories out and let people know what's happening. Um, uh, you know, the, from the, um, the, uh, the attacks that killed Reza Barati, to, you know, the, the siege of Manus when the refugees refused to move from one detention centre to a, another and put up resistance for two weeks when they were denied water and food. Um, 
it's it's been a long, long fight. I you know I remember thinking that the Reservati thing would be a turning point. Um, we have won things along the way, but the politics doesn't stop, and there is still so much more, more to win. And you know, I mean, Adnan is the the example of that. It, you know, <laughs> he is still inside, and we're going to keep fighting until till every one of the refugees in the Park Hotel is free, until everyone offshore um, is here. Chris, I'd really just like to acknowledge the important work of RAC and even as activists in our own field, I think listening to what you were saying and what Adnan was saying, the importance of that work, thank you for giving us that that rundown today. Mm, Not a problem and, you know, thanks to the, the refugees for keeping up the fight under extraordinary circumstances. They really are extraordinary circumstances and... I guess uh, going on from that, Adnan, how did you first become involved with RAC? It's been a, a probably a few months, but uh, unfortunately, because uh, I'm always been there, but uh, I wasn't uh, that much active. I probably didn't uh, realize that. But uh, yeah, like uh, like we said, uh, it's been a, it's been a pleasure to have uh, RAC on our side of this. Uh, all these years and all these times. Adnan, can I ask you about the organising that you and your friends and comrades in Park Hotel do? Well, uh, we, uh, like I said, all these nine years, uh, what we learn, we have to stand up uh, for our right and uh, uh, resist and uh, get our voice out of defense out of uh, this world uh, the system uh, being created for us because what they want to to keep us silent and to hide uh, our voice and to hide us from the world but uh, we won't be silent we want uh, people to to know and we want the media and the world know what we've been through so we trying to even uh, they they banned us from to our have uh, banners uh, to to a marker so to r- write a sign for our peaceful protest but uh, we've been uh, create banners with a with a uh, garbage bag and we trying to use the garbage bag as a sign so I just want to give you that perspective. They even banned us from to have uh, our peaceful uh, banners. But what they did, they just made us more creative and to find another way to raise our peaceful protest with the garbage bags. And even they stop us for, for a short period of time to have uh, garbage bags. But uh, we're trying to even use the one they give us every day and we did meta signs and we did use it as well and as you say you won't be silenced that's fantastic um we definitely stand in solidarity with you there if i could jump in there there's been long attempts to silence refugees in so many ways I mean, it's been part of the point of offshore processing as well as moving them beyond the reach of Australian law to keep them out of sight, out of mind. There's been attempts to uh, ban refugees from having uh, phones in detention. We've had campaigns around that. 
um, uh, the, the government previously passed the Border Force uh, Act, which uh, threatened uh, medical workers or any actually any staff in the detention regime who spoke out with two years jail. Uh, that was eventually repealed, but it's it's a continual thing to try and keep it out of the media, you know, from people, you know, building up human contact um, and realising what is what is going on here. Yeah, exactly. Unless it's an election year, Chris, and then the coalition love talking about strong borders and otherwise they want everyone to be silenced. But I'm so glad that we have voices like I don't know. They, they do, but they want the, the impact of those strong borders out of sight and out of mind. They don't want to see people to see the reality of it. Yeah, totally. Before we start um, talking about how people can get involved, Adnan, I'd, I'd love to talk to you about your music. I, I know that you're a musician. How does, you know, what does music do for you um, given um, your experience and long experience of being in detention? Would you mind talking to us about that briefly? Well, always it was a, it was a, it was a a small pinprick to to break to break free from uh, this atmosphere. What uh, Australia politician made for us, and uh, it was a it was a way to to escape this situation. And it's it's really healing. It's really healing, and it's a it's a, such a, a great way to. To give you joy and to heal your pain in music, especially in these rough times. Thank you for sharing with us. That's really beautiful. Um, I very much agree. Likewise, I think uh, music is often thought of as a universal language, and it's it's a very good way to get people together. And I guess just to wrap up really quickly, um, Chris and Adnan, or could you speak to what people can do if they want to help, if they've been inspired by your stories today? Um, sure. And just to add to the, the bit about the the music, um, like like so many people, I love music and make it in my spare time. And I remember the, the, the Wish You Were Here, uh, Adnan, that you and Maddie did, and, you know, that's available on uh, Facebook, uh, brought me to tears. It's, yeah, people should go and listen to it. Uh, if people want to get involved in the Refugee Action Collective, we're a grassroots uh, group, so anyone can get involved in, at, at any time. We meet every Monday night at uh, 6.30. If you go to our Facebook page, uh, there's a link there. The meeting um, this Monday the 17th uh, is via Zoom. Uh, we're hoping to be back in the Kathleen Syme Library where we usually meet soon. Um, and even if you can't get to meetings, you can also find on Facebook our regular events and rallies. We have stalls too. Um, we're having a action at the uh, tennis on uh, Monday at 11, uh, holding up a banner saying torturing refugees isn't a game, free the refugees, and some of the pictures of the people currently detained. Uh, so people can get involved in all of those things. Well, uh, to be honest, it's very... It's very easy if one of people get involved. It's not going to cost them that much to email and uh, give a call to the local MP and the, the immigration minister, and they have opportunity to to vote uh, to vote this government out by coming next election. And because uh, 
what the what the federal immigration uh, federal government uh, been doing spending the the Australian tax money over over this uh, cruel treatment. They have opportunity to say no to them in this coming election. Totally. Uh, thank you so much. Chris and Adnan, it was um, fantastic to speak to you both. Really appreciate the time that you've taken to uh, come on Done By Law. Um, And we stand in solidarity with you, Adnan, looking forward to listening to more of your music. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. And thanks, Adnan. Thank you to you, Chris. Appreciate your time. Thank you, guys. Thank you all. Calling all filmmakers. The ninth annual Setting Sun Film Festival wants your film. Enter a short or a feature-length film for the chance to see your work up on the gorgeous Sun Theatre screen in Yarraville. The Sun Theatre was voted one of the most beautiful theatres in the world with up to $10,000 in prizes for winners. Entries close on the 31st of January 2022. Go to settingsun.com.au and enter your film now. The Setting Sun Film Festival is a 3CR supporter. You've been listening to Done By Law on 3CR on 855 AM. It's the 15th of January and we've been your hosts, Indy and Jeremy. You can listen to us uh, and our show online or where you get your podcasts. Thank you for joining us.